Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, time. you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. It's good to be with you and good to have our guest on. So uh, look forward to another Faith in the Zone. Thanks for setting it all up for us. Hey, Pastor, you've seen me on the basketball court and yeah. you've seen me on the softball diamond, right? Yeah. You've mm-hmm. seen me throw the football around. One thing I've never told you about is my, you know, my youth and, and, and how much I played hockey. And when I was playing hockey, they, they used... You know, terms like Gretzky and Lemieux. For you? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Gretzky, Lemieux. They also went off into like Bob Probert. And some of the fighters, you know, one yeah, of some, some of the, the fighters, Dave so, Schultz, some of the heavy, Those are some yeah. of the names they used. And I'm just, you know, I, I'm just going to tell you that when it came to playing hockey, I was the man. Yeah. Uh, you were the enforcer. I, I was all of the, the, I'd score a few goals. I'd punch a few people and you know, that, that hundred well, percent Irish I, thing. I, I just, Can you imagine me on skates? I just would. My question would be, what was your mom thinking when she went to a game? Uh, she never came. Yeah, she never <laughs> came. Hey, look, I'm going to talk a little hockey smack today with our guests, and I'm excited about this. She is Megan Perez. She's the National Director of Athletic Ministries for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Grew up in Rose, Roseville, Minnesota, I believe. Megan, am I, do I have that right? No, you, um, it's. It's Roseau, Minnesota. So Roseville is down in the Twin Cities, um, which is a team that we would often play and beat. So I, I don't want to get that mixed up, but we're from Roseau, Minnesota. Well, you know, when you live in Wisconsin, they all sound the same to, to, to us boys here when you're up in Minnesota. She was a big-time <laughs> hockey player. And every name that I named when you talk about, you know, Dave Schultz or any of those guys, she knows all that, all those names. And uh, I told her if I got her on the ice, there's some ice here. I can get her to the pilot center and, uh, and get my uh, stick. Uh, we can drop the we can drop the gloves if she yeah. wants. No, I, I would never I, w- do that I wouldn't even her. recommend that, Mike. I no. I would hate to see a competition with you and Megan on skates. Yeah. She, I would what, too. what do they call it in in soccer? They call it they make you when they put the ball through your legs. What do they call it in hockey when they put it through your legs? I d- uh, that's a five-hole shot. Yeah. Oh, and, and there trust it is. Me. Five-hole shot I'd on be, Mike McGivern. Yeah, yeah, she, you know what? She'd have to do it while I was falling down off <laughs> from, from trying to stand up on, on skates. Megan, we really appreciate your time today, and we're going to talk a lot about um, what you're doing, but, but I want to start personally. Uh, you have twins and a five-month-year-old, and I'm wondering, you know, how you're doing? You getting any sleep? Uh. Well, is uh, about two to three hours a night uh, 
Is that no. uh, hey, Yeah, that's not enough. That's uh, that's all I can tell you. That's about sometimes what I get, but that doesn't sound like a lot. Um, how old are the twins? Our twins are four years old. So we it took us four years to to have enough courage to try try again. But yeah, they're they're a blessing and they're a lot. <laughs> Well, that, that's awesome. Hey, let's talk a little bit about growing up in Minnesota. And when we talked, um, talking uh, about coming in and doing this show, you said, look, I, I was a hockey player. I, I grew up and, and, and played. There wasn't a lot of girls playing hockey at that point, but uh, I got a chance to play a lot of hockey growing up. Did you have uh, your mom and dad, were they hockey people? And your, your did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, well, when you grow up in Roseau, um, hockey is in your blood. So it's it's like the air that you breathe. So, um, yeah, I mean, my father played hockey when he was growing up. Um, my older brother, he's um, a year and a half older than me, he played hockey. And I saw, I would go and watch him play, and I turned to my dad and asked if I could play. Well, there was a dilemma. There wasn't any girls playing at that time. So he was coaching. My father was coaching a team, and so uh, he kind of said, "Okay, you know, you can. We need a goalie. If you want to play goalie, I'll allow you to do that." And that's how I started playing. So, what are you a goalie, or did you move to a different position? Uh, no, I've been a goalie, a goaltender, my whole life. Boy, she, can you imagine me coming down the ice, kind of a one-on-one? No. One -on -one and no. I, <laughs> she, I tell you, there can I, to be Megan, honest. Megan, nothing to worry Ma about. Megan, nothing to worry about here. I, I got to be honest with you. So growing up, did you play against uh, mostly boys then at that point? Yeah, so my the whole way up I played against boys. I was um, from after my first year of playing, I was the only girl playing hockey the whole way up until my senior year, actually. That's when Rosa finally uh, got on the bandwagon and started uh, allowing women or girls to play um, high school hockey. Boy, that's awesome. So you, when when you got then to, to high school, there was a high school team for you to play? Uh, no, I played with the men. So I um, was grandfathered in, so I had the option, obviously, uh, with a um, girls program just starting. They're, they're very new. And so um, at that point, I played with the boys all the way up, and I was on the varsity team for um, Rozo for our men's or for our boys high school hockey team so I wasn't going to give that up this was this was something that I had you know dreamed about for since I started playing you know playing for the Rozo Rams um, so this yeah that was that was what I had always wanted to do ever since I was little yeah what kind of crowds did you guys get because, you know, I've been a high school basketball coach for a while, and I understand the crowds that the basketball teams here get. People come out and watch your team play a lot? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you are familiar with the Rosa World rivalry. It's one of the biggest in high school hockey. And so um, it's often said that, you know, during those games, the town shuts down, basically. So um, whatever rink or whatever town is hosting the game, I mean, everyone is at the rink. So... I mean, our ranks are packed out every single game. So how did you do against your rivals? Did you uh, tend to shut them down? <laughs> well, all the way growing up um, in youth hockey, it was it was always back and forth, but I'm pretty sure we had the edge. And then um, in high school, 
Uh, I think my senior year, Warroad actually beat us both times, so it was pretty heartbreaking. Were, were, hey, were you in net for either of those games? I was not. I actually I started uh, my senior year for the Rosa Rams, and then I had a pretty bad game right before the big rivalry, and so I got pulled. Hmm. Now I watched Miracle a bunch of times. You had to say, "Look, that's my net. You can't. That's my net. I own that net. You can, you can't take me out now because that line worked in the in the movie Miracle." Yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty heartbreaking. If you're um, yeah, I mean, any type of, you know, rivalry, those are the games that you always are, you know, dreaming about and longing to play in. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like, if you're, if you get pulled the game before, it's, I mean, it's anybody's game. That's that's the thing about goaltending, right? It's like, hmm. you can be hot, and if you're on a hot streak, you keep playing. If you're not, you get pulled. And that's, I mean, that's hockey. Megan, it sounds like you're uh, you're probably still a hockey fan, are you not? Uh, well, I'm I'm being a national director. I'm pretty much just like every sport, all sport, and especially having little kids now, I've found a new love for the simplest games of like soccer and football. And but hockey is always probably has it's a sport that has my heart. You know, it's interesting now. When, when you play at the level you played, and then when, when you go to college, you played on, on a women's hockey team, correct? Uh, yeah, I did. So when I went to college, um, I went to the University of Minnesota Duluth, and I played one year there for the women's team. So that was the first time I had played women's hockey, and it was, um, it was very different for me. And we ended up – so our team won the national title that year, um, but I decided to actually go back to men's hockey. Um, I really missed the men's game, and so I wanted to see how far I could go in men's hockey. So I went and um, called up a bunch of coaches I knew that coached juniors, and I asked them for a tryout, um, for a little gym and tryout. And then I had one coach that said yes up in um, Bonneville, Alberta, up in Canada, and so I ended up playing the one year of college, then going to juniors and playing junior A um, in Canada. Man, what a great experience that had to be. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. It was, you know, I was playing some of the best hockey of my life when I, um, when I tried out and when I made the team. But it's also a business, you know, like junior, junior A hockey. I mean, you can get traded from, you know, you can be playing, and then the next day you're traded to another team. And, yeah, and it's a business. You know, it's it's both a you know sport, but it's also a business. And so when you're winning, you can be traded. When you're losing, you can be traded. And I was traded twice that year. And, um, yeah, it was – there was a lot on um, – there was a lot on my shoulders at that time, you know, playing at that level – being one of the only girls in in the Alberta Junior League playing. You know, Megan, yeah. I've tried to trade Pastor Ken a number of times. 
And uh, yeah, he, yeah they, I've been at, you know a player to be named later, or you know a, a hamburger at at uh, at Culver's or something. And so I, I keep trying. He's he's he is tradable at this point, but can't find anybody to pull the trigger with me. Not, Megan, not, I, not I, any good offers, huh? No yeah, good offers. Yeah, no good offers. But he he's the number one on Faith in the Zone. The other day, uh, Tom was closing my pool down. I was talking to uh, Kyler about listening to Faith in the Zone. He said, I've never never listened to it. And Tom spoke up right away. He goes, I, I listen to it every Sunday, man. I love Mike McGivern. <laughs> and I just, I just love to do that. I, I thought, okay, I love Mike McGivern, too. <laughs> you, you never told him that, that it was you and I are a team. We're like oh, Batman and no, Robin. It's all Mike McGivern. <laughs> hey, hey, Megan, bef- when, towards the end, we want to hear about your greatest save. So you be thinking about that. Yeah, there you go. Your greatest game that you've played in. We're going to get to a break. Our special guest at the other side of the break, we're going to start to talk more about InterVarsity uh, Christian Fellowship. When we're talking to Megan Present, she's the National Director of Athletic Ministries. You can go to this website, athletes.intervarsity.org, and she's the National Director. And the journey for her to get there, uh, I just find really remarkable. And we'll continue our conversation with Megan Perez, again, National Director of Athletic Ministries for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's Pastor Ken Kellner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest. She's the National Director for Athletic Ministries, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. She is Megan Perez. Um, Megan, can you talk a little bit about your journey and how you got involved in, in InterVarsity Christian Fellowship? And, and talk a little bit about this is a campus ministry, correct? So you're on college campuses yeah. all over the country? Yeah, yep, that's correct. Yeah, so um, I would I would first share, um, you know, I grew up in a in a small rural town in Minnesota where you know we would go to church every Sunday and being farmers, uh, that Sunday was the only day that we had off, right? So and that was church. But um, I would say that you know, like the the gospel, the the seeds of the gospel were planted then, but they didn't start growing until I actually. Um, got to college and really started pursuing um, pursuing God. And part of how those seeds started growing was, um, you know, I had mentioned I, I was playing juniors um, the year before. And, you know, in that culture, there's, um, you know, you're playing hard and you're partying hard. And so there's a drinking culture and a party culture. And, and I think we, I should say, I started drinking and, and kind of joining in that just to simply numb the pain of, of feelings of that dispo- being a disposable commodity. Really the transactional nature, I think, at that level um, where your worth and your value is really wrapped around what you can produce. And that was, you know, that was hard. That was hard for me. And so I used, you know, partying and drinking to kind of numb that pain. Um, so after after that first uh, year of juniors, I went back to college, um, and I and I contacted the coach from UNH University of New Hampshire, 
told him where I was playing, and then the next day uh, I got a full scholarship. He offered me a full scholarship. So I showed up, you know, in August to UNH in this big truck, right, Chevy Silverado. I had a cowboy hat on, right, from Minnesota, Minnesota license plate. I stuck out like a sore thumb. And um, the first night I was there, one of the first nights, there was a party, and it got busted by the cops. And I actually forgot, because I was up in Canada, I forgot the drinking age in the United States was 21. And so um, I, I ended up getting arrested. Um, and, and that's actually how I found out about university. I had to do community service. And our life skills coordinator at, at the University of New Hampshire, um, he connected me to his wife, who is an university staff worker. And she was the one that start, and she started this mentor relationship with me. Um, she was leading an athlete Bible study at the University of New Hampshire, and um, and this is where uh, this this was the space where I was really able to really wrestle with questions about about God, questions about Scripture. Um, this was you know the early 2000s where uh, because of the internet we were becoming very aware of sex trafficking, of global poverty, of child labor and sweatshops, and you know I started learning about these massive places of systemic injustice and and I was angry at God and I was angry at Christians for allowing this to continue and um, but that Bible study uh, became a safe place to talk through the challenges and the pressures of being a college athlete alongside of growing in a relationship with Jesus and and then learning how to grow um, really with what it meant to follow Jesus um, and to truly uh, become, you know, not just a follower of Jesus, but then a servant leader and what that meant. Mm. So that was, that was really kind of how those seeds, like those gospel seeds really started, um, started growing uh, during my college time. Yeah, that's awesome. And we're talking again with Megan Perez, and, and she's the National Director for Athletic Ministries for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship Megan, uh, when w- once you got done with college, and we had this discussion when we were on the phone a couple days ago, there there was um, some interest from InterVarsity to have you join them, correct? Yeah, yeah. So InterVarsity is a national uh, campus ministry on about uh, 800 uh, campuses around the country. And uh, at the time when I was a senior, um, I remember, you know, praying and asking God, okay, you know, whatever you want with my life, like whatever you want to do with my life, it's yours. And then a couple days later, an university staff worker asked me to consider coming on staff with InterVarsity, um, really to be a missionary to the college campus. And um, InterVarsity at that point, you know, was a, a very, like, well-known organization around the country, although it was not reaching college athletes. So this bothered me, and I started asking questions. You know, why aren't you reaching college athletes? These are the most, um, you know, highly visible, highly influential in the corner of campus. And, you know, basically they said to me, well, we need someone to lead this. And so they, they gave me a lot of kind of room to say, you know the athletic community um, will teach you how to minister to this. Um, will teach you how to minister 
and you can teach us how to reach this corner of campus. And so that's how athletes and advice to got started. Megan, it was great to hear your testimony. It's wonderful to know that uh, you can have that confidence and that peace that uh, when this life's over, that we uh, will spend the rest of our life with the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, when you see the kind of the hurt and the brokenness, yeah. um, you know, and especially for me, that was that was really what pierced my heart on the college campus um, was to seeing, you know, the drinking, the disposable nature of you know, college athletics, the the worth and the value being wrapped around whatever, you know, whether it's academics or, you know, relationships or, you know, statistics. And that's, it's just, it's so, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, that stuff is just so fleeting. And um, what is, what is eternal is what matters. And that's, that's our soul. Absolutely. Hey, let me ask you, um, w- I, I'm gonna. I'll ask you then. Um, I'm sure we'll agree on on where we are with this. But would you say college age kids are very interested in talking about this, about what happens after this life, or do you? Would you say you see they're just totally disinterested and they're just living for the present? Um, I would say that this generation is seeking something. Oh, um, okay. I agree with you. Totally agree with you. I would say that they don't know what they're seeking. Yeah. Um, and part of that is because this generation on the college campus is the least Christian mm-hmm. generation that we've ever had in, in our modern day history in the United States. Um, so that says a lot, right? They're not, they're, they don't have the church background. They're not, um, you know, they've not, most of them have not stepped foot in the college campus. I think the Barna, Barna group have, um, in the recent study said that there's over um, a third of the college campus, um, you know, don't even have like a background in Christianity or even in any religion. They're called the, the nuns, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, it is just like a, it is a place on the college campus. Um, it is a generation that is looking for something. And they're and you would say they're open to to talking about this, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I um, one thing that's interesting in this generation, what I've seen in the past, I would say, eight nine years, is that we've seen a lot of loneliness on the college campus. So this younger generation that's on the college campus right now um, is really the first generation that has really been brought up through social media, mm-hmm. right? That they've they've not known anything else. Um, it's always been in their life, and yet they're they're the most highly connected generation and one of the most lonely generations. Yeah, uh, I love talking to college students. Uh, you're right; they are searching. Um, well, I was coming back from uh, Minnesota to uh, Milwaukee and got talking to a guy who's a senior at University of Wisconsin at Madison, and you know he said, "Well, I, I just want to let you know right up front, I'm an atheist." And uh, he said, but I really do enjoy talking about this. And I said, you know, one thing interesting, and I called him by name, and I said, hey, look, one thing that's interesting is you weren't born an atheist, uh, but you've been educated to be an atheist. And yet there's still something inside of you that wants to be able to talk about this because down deep inside you're thinking and you're wondering what else is that? Something has to be out there, and it's not just this life. 
And uh, so I, I love it that you're on the college. I mean, what an opportunity to, to be around people who want to talk to you. I mean, you, if I go to the mall and I'm going to talk to somebody 50 or over, they don't want to talk to me. But you go to college campus, they'll talk to you. And I love that. Yeah, they really do want to engage. And I think they have a lot of questions. And I think that's, you know, primarily what I have seen throughout, you know, 14 years of doing campus ministry is there's, if you create a space and if you provide a space where they can engage scripture and not have like this preconceived questions or the right answer that mm-hmm. you're looking for, but if you allow them to just study scripture, allow them for their questions to be heard and in, and really authentically engage those questions, mm-hmm. it is um, it's awesome, the conversations that happen and the ways in which they probably have better questions than I've actually heard in like a church Bible study. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We are talking with uh, Megan Perez again. She is the uh, National Director for Athletic Ministries, University Christian Fellowship. Let me just read from their website, and I would highly recommend you go to their website. Uh, go to interversity.org or athletes.interversity.org. But their purpose, in response to God's love, grace, and truth, the purpose of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship is to establish and advance at colleges and universities witnessing communities of students and faculty who follow Jesus as Savior and Lord, growing in love for God, God's Word, God's people of every ethnicity and culture, and God's purpose in the world. Again, that is right from the uh, their, their website, and I would I would highly recommend if you get a chance. There's some really good, interesting blogs and and a number of different issues that you could really look at when you go to that website. They're doing great work all over the country, and we'll continue our conversation again with Megan Perez. She's the national director for athletic ministries for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brain Balance of Mequon. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver, alongside the head pastor of Brookside Baptist Church. He's Pastor Ken Keltner. You know, we're in a different studio today. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I bet this is very nice. Very nice studio. Uh, and I'm hitting, well. You're hitting I, all the right buttons, no, Mike. It's going Aaron, well, man. You know, you're doing I've got a great somebody job. helping me. Man, how can I praise you anymore? You're doing he, awesome. He, hey, he's leaving. He's got to oh, leave. So okay. this is going to all be on me. Oh, so now we're on our we own. have no idea if we're going to be able to continue to talk to Megan Perez. I'm sure that hopefully, at least for this segment, and she's the National Director for Athletic Ministries, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. You know, Megan, you're, uh, I'll tell you, your testimony, I think, is, is one that I'm sure throughout the 14 years that you've been on college campuses that you've heard from other athletes. Where they get on campus, they you know they they end up at a party or they're drinking and 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 that's the kind of stuff I think that the the reason InterVarsity Christian Fellowship is so important and they have such an important presence all over the the, the United States 
is to be able to talk to those kids. They're getting out of their house for the first time. They get all this freedom. And we want, we want to make sure, that, especially the ones that, that are grounded and understand that, you know, the direction that they should be going, that we have somebody there for them to talk to. Yep. Yeah, and that's really, um, when I think about, you know, the college campus and students, um, I remember, I mean, this ha- this has happened to me multiple times, but, um, you know, meeting uh, a freshman maybe like the, the last couple weeks of, of their freshman year, and they're just, they're just in tears because they have... Um, they have been looking for a community. They have been trying to find a community. They have, you know, found the party community and they have found, you know, like, you know, cliques in their, in their teams. And they have gone so long, you know, the whole year without a real connection with God, um, you know, in a community that they can uh, read scripture and pray together and, and be in community. And they're just, they're just like, they're incredibly thankful, um, you know, when they when they get connected. So, um, I mean, I've heard that like time and time again. And um, what really is is powerful is when you step onto campus and you hear these students say, "Like I've been praying for you. I've been praying for someone like you to find me, to connect me to a mm. group like this." Megan, let me ask you a question on the uh, athletic part of this ministry with InterVarsity. So uh, I think you said earlier maybe 800, even possibly even a few more than 800 uh, colleges or campuses that InterVarsity is on. So where does the athletic part of the ministry come in? Is it like intramural-type uh, sporting events and, and they can – Advance or you know go play uh, other colleges. Uh, whoever won the intramural, uh, how, how does it work? Yeah, good question. So, um, athletes in our varsity, we we seek to um, reach uh, collegiate athletics. So, our vision um, is we want to see um, we want to see athletes and coaches transformed. We want to see collegiate athletics renewed, and we want to see world changers developed. And a part of that is um, we look at the, the most, mostly the varsity and the club sports on the college campus, mainly because that is like a set community. And oftentimes it's that the varsity athletes that um, not only um, have their kind of set community, but they're often pretty excluded from the rest of campus, right? They're kind of, um, they have a really high um, compacted schedule where they're not, you know, they have their practice, they have games, they have travel schedule, they have, you know, lifting, and then they have their class schedule. Um, so they're not often involved in extracurricular activities, you know, like a, they don't know where the Bible study on campus is um, for a normal fellowship. They don't have time. Usually they're traveling on Sundays, so they can't go to church, you know, um, and so there's there's a specific need within this community that um, you know unless you go to them, they're probably not going to come to you. Um, they're you know like I said they're traveling on the weekend, so oftentimes they're missing any chance they can to go to a church. And so um, we look to to look um, to reach that corner of campus um, specifically with uh, varsity. Um, college athletes and like club sports. Again, we are talking with Megan Perez, National Director 
Athletic Ministries for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Megan, your job as the as the director, um, are are you trying to place and trying to get um, people on each campus that are going to then be kind of the 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 head person on the on the athletic side, or are you doing most of that work? And how much travel do you have? Well, uh, I myself, um, what what we're trying to do as um, InterVarsity staff is we want to. Um, meet Christian Christian athletes and our hope is like getting connected with Christian athletes um, helping helping them um, you know walk and grow in their faith um, grow in their understanding of scripture and in their intimacy with Christ and then um, and then help them see uh, like help their hearts um, break for their teammates right like help them to see what how God sees their teammates because uh, oftentimes when you're competing uh, you know on the athletic team you're not just uh, you know like these aren't just your teammates sometimes they're your competition right and so it's hard it's hard to um, see both uh, your teammates like you see everything right you don't just see um, you know the competition side but you see the party side you see you know, like the good, the bad, and the ugly when you're on a team, right? You see everything. It's it's one of the most trans, transparent kind of places that you can be in. And so um, what we do is, you know, what we challenge some of the Christian athletes to do is, is saying, like, what would what if God invited you here just um, not just for playing on this team, but what if he's invited you to do so, something so much more? You know, what, what would it be like to be like, sent as a missionary to your team? What would it look like to be someone who um, invites your teammates to study scripture, invites your teammates into prayer, invites your teammates to just consider and have conversations about God? And really, um, that's kind of what we do is we want to empower student leaders to be missionaries on their team. Megan, do you work with the coaches at all? I mean, are the coaches pretty open to InterVarsity coming in and working with their players? Yes and no. You know, it's it's different um, on different uh, teams, kind of the level, you know, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. you know, whether you're on the I've, – I've spent my whole time out on the East Coast. Obviously, I'm from the Midwest. Um, I played college in the Midwest, and – there's different cultures, you know. Some some coaches are are wide open to, you know, if if there's people who are Christian on your team, you know, they would love to. They understand that the student athlete is not is more than just a, you know, just a person that is playing for them. It's it, they want to develop the whole person. And some coaches shut the door. You know, they say no, that's not you know for the locker room or that's not for my team. So um, it's it's um you know we have worked with um administration um that has opened the door to us uh we have had administrations close the door and we've even had campuses um even whole uh the california state university system actually kicked off in a varsity the whole system oh, whole university man. system kicked up in a varsity so i mean we've seen it all um, as far as open doors, closed doors, and then some doors popped open. <laughs> hey, Megan, can, can I ask you, as, as again, the National Director uh, for Athletic Ministries, 
other than the, your five your your five month year old, what what keeps you up at night when it when it comes to to your job and job description and the things that you do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think uh, you know there's this there's this uh, there's this notion um, about the the transparency and the vulnerability inside the locker room. Like, there's this almost a sacred space um, inside the locker room, and you really can't have a facade with your teammates, right? You see them all the time. And, I, you know, I tell people, athletes are the only people who you shower with and you might be even sharing the gospel with, right? In a sense, like, you know, they know if, if what you're about aligns with who you are. Um, and, and I think that uh, so many... I think there's a couple of things that keep me up. Some, so many uh, Christian athletes on their teams really struggle with what is it like to, to both um, pursue God in, in, uh, with integrity, right, on my team, where I have so many external influences. I, you know, I want to fit in. I want to, um, there's the party scene, there's the sex scene, there's, I mean, in some campuses, there's a big drug scene, you know, and and there's a lot coming at them along with the pressures to succeed and the pressure to perform. And that can get to be so much and so heavy to carry on your own. And, um, and, and, and I think what keeps me up is like when there are, when there are Christian athletes who feel like they're the only ones on their team, like they're, they're lonely, they're isolated and they don't have anyone to turn to. And, and they start, like, separating themselves from that team culture because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to engage it. Um, and, and yet um, it, there's been a number of, of athletes, even recently, that um, have come to me and just said, gosh, like, if, if this wasn't here, I don't know what I would have, been, what I would have done. Oh, praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Megan, really quick last question before we get to a break. Um, for you personally, when you were when you were playing hockey, was it easier to walk worthy in the locker room or outside of the locker room? Yeah. I, um, yeah, just like I mentioned, outside the locker room, um, I think there's a lot of external things. You know, like you want to be – when I first started following Jesus, I wanted to be the – Christian, right, and try to do both going to parties and then be a Christian. Right. Um, but that line got really blurry, and I realized it was really confusing people um, about what I was about. And so it took me, uh, it, it took someone, actually, one of my other Christian leaders pulling me aside and just said, like, what are you doing? You know, like, you're, you're losing your witness um, on your team. And and so that I was, I was thankful for, and that was hard. But I, I would say, you know, it is, it was, it's way harder to walk like worthy inside the locker room. Like I said, I mean, you're, you can't have this facade with your teammates, and so you need to like walk with integrity. You know, people often think that your influence um, comes from your stats, whether you're a starter, but it doesn't. In reality, your influence comes from your integrity. No and doubt. And it's because of this that 
my faith grew tremendously because that's where I started witnessing to my teammates. And that's actually where, like, like the, the seeds of revival start, right, is where, where you can align your integrity, your faith with what you do around the people closest to you. Boy, that's a, well that, that is a great point. Boy, wait, she is Megan Perez, again, National Director of Athletic Ministries for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Do yourself a favor. Put a couple of minutes aside. Go to athletes.intervarsity, one word, intervarsity.org, and take a look at some of the blogs. Take a look at a lot of information on some of the great work that this that this group is doing all over the country and on the athletic side, being led by their national director, who was our guest, Megan Perez. We'll get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll wrap this up. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, she is Megan Perez, National Director for Athletic Ministries InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Go to athletes.intervarsity.org for more information. Hey, Megan, I got a chance to read an article that your husband was involved in, Orlando Perez, and it was uh, written on October 29th, in fact, just like two days ago. And what a good article when he talks a little bit about InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And it, thank you so much for the information on that article. How is he doing, by the way? Yeah, uh, he's doing great. I mean, he's a proud father of three boys. He is a teacher in Southwest Philly, and he's also on staff with Athletes InterVarsity as well. So he has a full plate. Hey, did was he... Um, he was an athlete in college, correct? Yeah, he was a football player. He played um, a couple of years at Liberty and then transferred to the University of Rhode Island. And it was actually at U- at Rhode Island, University of Rhode Island, where um, I heard about him. He was a football player. He had started um, a Bible study on his football team, basically because of a conversation around um, hooking up and in um after the game you know like hooking up with girls so some of his teammates asked you know are you gonna be hooking up with you know any girls this weekend and he said no i'm i'm a virgin actually you know and that sparked a conversation about jesus and from that conversation that semester he had about 33 guys uh coming to his bible study that's awesome. What a great testimony because uh, there are probably very few virgins in our state in, in, uh, college institutions today. And, and the yeah. fact that he was willing to say that, and yeah. he's a guy playing football, man, yeah. good for him. Yeah. Uh, is that Where did you guys meet then? Right there on campus? Um, well, his university staff worker had contacted me because I had been on staff for a couple of years at that point. And she just said, I have these big football guys. I don't know what to do with them. Can you come help me? And so I started 
uh, helping them uh, lead Bible studies, helping encourage them, sharing with the university staff. What are the discipleship issues? What are the things that college athletes struggle with? And that's how um, you know I got connected with the, what was happening at URI, and just kind of from a distance started mentoring uh, the athletes there, and um, and then I met Orlando at. Uh, InnoVarsity conference called Urbana, which is one of the largest mission conferences in North America, actually. We ran into each other randomly, and he was a senior uh, about to graduate, and um, and he just shared his testimony, and I think that it really um, struck a chord with me, and initially, I was trying to recruit him on staff, and mm. he was trying to recruit me as his wife. <laughs> well, he won. Oh, yeah. uh, he was a better recruiter than you were. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's a, he's working with InterVarsity now. Yeah, he is. So, and that is a win-win for both of you. I would say it took me eight years to recruit him on staff. It oh. only took him eight months to recruit me to be a white his wife so. oh so maybe maybe he did he cl- man, maybe he, he did win he was a better recruiter yeah. i'm just telling you hey megan um mentioned earlier uh we like to find out from our guests you know what was their favorite sports ministry uh or for his favorite sports ministry, favorite sports memory uh when they were playing uh what would yours be oh by far um it was this one uh game when, when I was playing juniors up in Canada, we had a long weekend where we didn't have any games, so we had off. And a bunch of the guys, we got together and started a boot hockey game uh, just on the street. And we played this uh, boot hockey game. We all switched hands, so if you're right-handed, you had to have a left-handed stick. And we played from sun up to sundown. We, we were laughing so hard because of the ridiculousness of and, and it just kind of brought us back to like the joy of playing um, which almost, which feels like oftentimes it gets lost right in high level of competition um, we often lose the joy in playing and that really that resonated deep with me and that actually uh, I, don't, I don't think I'll ever forget that memory of playing you know, from sun up to sun down boot hockey with a bunch of guys um, and just laughing so hard. You, you had to have been exhausted playing that long. Oh, yeah. I think people like from the neighborhood would bring out food for us, and they would come and watch, and it was, oh. it, it, yeah. Hey, Megan, you, you know what I love about that? I love that one because I love the fact that you didn't go to, listen, when I was in high school and we played our rival or when I was playing in college, I like the fact that you picked your favorite memory, one where it just brought the whole team together and you had a good time and you fell back in love with a sport that you had certainly had fallen in love with for a long time. I can't thank you enough for your time today, Megan. I I really appreciate it. I know you're really busy and you're doing great work uh, for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship and for for you to give us this time today. We really appreciate it. And uh, if there's anything that we can do for you, if you ever need contacts up here in the state of Wisconsin, or if you ever need me to send you a cheese head, 
you know, for the Packers, you just let me know. I can put that in the mail at uh, at any time. And uh, we really appreciate it, Pastor. Uh, she's just a great guest, and, and I look forward to continuing conversations with Megan. And if there's things that we can do for her uh, in the future, and we'll ask Megan to possibly, um, you know, introduce us to a couple of, of some guests that may come up here in the next year or so uh, from InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Again, go to athletes.intervarsity.org, and she is Megan Perez, National Director of Athletic Ministries. It's good to see you, Pastor. Good to see you, Mike. Megan, and Me- Megan yeah, thank you. That was a great, great program. Yeah, thank you, guys. It was a privilege just to share uh, really what God is doing on the college campus, especially in the athletic community. So thank you. You bet. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.